Well, you know, the, it goes back to one of the greatest principles in Scripture. No matter what you experience, you have to walk in forgiveness. You know, forgiveness is still the key. Forgiving people, blessing your enemies, loving people, releasing people. Uh, if you don't forgive, that really opens the door for bitterness, anger, rage, resentment, retaliation. So, you know, the teaching on, on forgiveness is, is something that all of us have heard, we know, but sometimes we don't realize how really important it is to walk in forgiveness toward people that have offended you, hurt you, rejected you, mistreated you, taken advantage of you, disappointed you. Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and today I am so excited to be joined by a friend of the show, author, speaker, and apostle, John Eckhart. John, thanks for coming on Charisma Connection today. Well, it's good to be back with you. I'm excited about today's time of sharing. Absolutely. So you've got a new book that just came out called Destroying the Spirit of Rejection. Now, in this book, you talk about the spirit of rejection as a, as a common wound that a lot of people experience. I know I went through it a lot uh, when I was growing up. Uh, still do to a little bit now. Why do you think that this is so common in our culture? Well, as I was uh, sharing last night at the at the book launch, all of us are designed by God to be born into a loving family, uh, loving relationships, and often uh, that doesn't happen. And the enemy takes advantage of, of the fact that there may be situations where people come into into families or grow up without that love that God intended for them to have, and as a result. He takes advantage of that situation and, and often comes in with a wound, uh, wound of rejection. So it's, it's basically the fact that many people are not born or they don't grow up in a perfect situation. I mean, how many of us can really say that we, you know, we've been born into a perfect family? Uh, and and that, that's why it's so common. Absolutely. And even the best families, there can be opportunities for places where people can get wounded. How does the enemy seize on those moments to create that spirit of rejection for people? Well, most people, I, I shared this last night as well, that often people do things, say things, act in ways toward others that may not even be intentional. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I believe that the enemy actually uses people. It could be parents, friends, relatives, loved ones, teachers, authority figures. I believe the enemy uses people by what they say, by what they do. Uh, sometimes people are used unknowingly by the enemy. They don't even realize what spirit they're in. I believe the enemy uses people to try to wound and hurt other individuals in order to, to gain a foothold uh, in their life. So often it can be intentional. Uh, many times it's unintentional. We just don't realize how our words, our actions, uh, and what we do affect people in a negative way. And the enemy takes advantage of that. You know, the scripture says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Sometimes we just don't really, we're not aware of what is happening uh, through us, in us, by other people. And the enemy takes advantage of that and really drives a deep wound and hurt into a person's life. And the enemy, enemy tries to use that as a foundation to bring hurt, pain, destruction to a person's life. I'm glad you pointed that out because so many times when I find out that I've hurt someone, it was completely unintentional. How can we, how can I, how can listeners who may have that same experience stop the enemy from, stop from being used as a tool by the enemy to do that to others? 
Well, you know, it, it's important to well, learn the learn the Word of God, be filled with the Spirit of God, walk in love. You know, the, no matter how much we talk about uh, power, miracles, deliverance, healing, you know, love is still the, uh, according to the Word of God, love is still the greatest. And if we don't really walk in love toward, toward one another and walk in love toward other people and really live lives that are, that are loving and kind and, and good and gentle and patient and operating the fruit of the Spirit, then we will end up oftentimes hurting people or saying things or disappointing people. So it's good for every person to really check, I say check your level of love. Are you really operating in the love of God? Do you really have the characteristics of, of the love of God? Not just in friendships, but even in marriage, in, in church, in relationships. And sometimes when we when we look at our own lives, we find out we really have not been walking in a level of love that we, we should be walking in. And so I believe it's a growing process. I believe that we grow in love. It's not an overnight fulfillment. I believe that it's sometimes it takes time to develop a strong uh, love life and, and walk in love. But I believe that should be our goal, uh, to really walk in love, walk in the spirit, be patient, be kind, be forgiving, be gentle, uh, be tenderhearted one toward another, be careful of what you say and what you do, because sometimes you don't realize that your actions and your words can affect people uh, in the wrong way. And if you're not really operating in love, it can, it can really bring a lot of hurt and pain into the lives of people. That's great insight. So obviously we live in a fallen world where people are going to make mistakes. Even if they try and do all of those things, we'll still make mistakes. How can we overcome when the enemy tries to put that spirit of rejection on us? How can we overcome that? Well, you know, the, it goes back to one of the greatest principles in Scripture— no matter what you experience, you have to walk in forgiveness. You know, forgiveness is still the key. Forgiving people, blessing your enemies, loving people, releasing people. Uh, if you don't forgive, that really opens the door for bitterness, anger, rage, resentment, retaliation. So, you know, the teaching on, on forgiveness is, is something that all of us have heard, we know. But sometimes we don't realize how really important it is to walk in forgiveness toward people that have offended you, hurt you, rejected you, mistreated you, taken advantage of you, disappointed you. Um, we can hear sermons on it. We can talk about it. But often God will deal with us in the area of unforgiveness. If we don't forgive and release people, we're going to end up in trouble. So that's a basic teaching, uh, but it's, it's something that's very important to the life of a believer that you make sure that you walk in forgiveness. Now, often when you're young, the enemy takes advantage of you because you don't know how to forgive. You don't, you, you don't understand forgiveness. When you become a Christian, you're taught and you do, but sometimes you don't know, and the enemy takes advantage of it. But, but once you accept Christ and once you're taught on the subject of forgiveness, it's something you really have to do. So when it comes to forgiveness, some people find it easier to forgive than others. For people who find it very difficult to, to forgive and to let go of that past hurt— how would you recommend that they adopt an attitude of forgiveness? Well, I believe a lot of things that we do um, is, is by faith. Um, sometimes you don't feel like, your flesh doesn't feel like forgiving, but sometimes you have to operate in faith. And if it's a serious issue, then you may need deliverance from a spirit of unforgiveness. We talk about that in the book, that unforgiveness and bitterness can also become uh, be, be spirits and you can end up being 
uh, bound and tormented by demons of unforgiveness, resentment, anger, bitterness. So if you have a real difficult time, then you may need some prayer and some deliverance even in that area to be set free from something that is really controlling your life because it should not be some, a major struggle for you to forgive. It should be something that you're able to do. Uh, if you have a difficult time doing it, you may need prayer. You may need grace. You may need, ask God for grace and help uh, to forgive because sometimes our emotions don't want to let go of things. Sometimes we're so hurt. You may need healing. You may need inner healing. You may need healing from a wounded spirit, a broken heart. That may be affecting you. It's hard for you to get over certain things. You know, I don't think we can just tell people, just let it go. Sometimes we just tell people, let it go. Sometimes it's not easy for people. Sometimes people do need deliverance. They need inner healing. They need restoration. But God can work a work in your life. And I found people who used to have a hard time doing this. Now they're so free until it's much easier for them to do it. They're not bound to that unforgiveness and bitterness as they once were uh, in the past. I think it's very powerful that you pointed out there that there can be a snowball effect too with this spirit of the spirit of rejection can lead to a spirit of unforgiveness, can lead to a spirit of bitterness. How do we, how does, how do those different spiritual manifestations play into the spiritual warfare reality that we all live in? Well, there's a, there's a, there's a, a word in, in the Greek when the Bible speaks about those people that were vexed the word vexed in the Greek literally means to mob, M-O-B. It, it's, it's as if there's a group of spirits that are uh, affecting a person. Uh, in the book, I talk about the fact that rejection is a doorkeeper. It opens the door for hurt, for bitterness, for anger. Because when you're rejected, you get angry, you get upset, you, you can get mad. Uh, it can open the door for rejection, um, I mean bitterness, anger, hurt, um, rage, frustration, unforgiveness. And so when it comes uh, time for deliverance, you may need more than just deliverance from rejection. You may need to deal with the other related spirits that rejection has opened the door for. So knowing that there, there are groups of spirits that often work together to destroy a person's life gives you the ability to engage in warfare and overcome and really defeat the powers of hell. The Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The more you know about demons, how they work, how they operate together, what, what kinds of spirits work with other spirits, the, the, the better you're able to deal with all of them, defeat them, get delivered from them, and also help other people overcome them. I pray for thousands of people that have, been suffer that have suffered rejection, and I've dealt with unforgiveness, bitterness, hurt, anger, rage, even spirits of murder, revenge, retaliation. Uh, it is amazing fear. It is amazing how many things can come through the doorway of rejection. Do you have any personal stories you could share of times when you either prayed for someone else or when you yourself had to deal with the spirit? Oh, oh yeah. I believe that everybody has to deal with this. I'm, in my own personal life, I've had to deal with it before I got saved um, growing up um, because my, my background is that I am I am what you consider I, I'm biracial. My mother, uh, Sicilian. My father, African American. So growing up in a predominantly African American neighborhood and being just being light skinned and 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 looking Caucasian is a is a target for rejection. It goes both ways. It can go with whites against blacks, blacks against whites. So that's something I had to overcome early in life and deal with because I was different. I looked different. My hair was different. I was light-skinned. Um, I grew up in an African-American community, so I had to really 
deal with that. And then after getting saved and, and going through deliverance, then just sometimes when you're a minister, some things you begin to preach. You may be you may be you may preach controversial subjects. Deliverance can be controversial. The prophetic, the apostolic. And when you're preaching some things people don't understand, don't believe in, they can reject that. You have preachers that reject it. I don't believe in that. That's not God. That's heresy. So you have to deal with that. And and what I've learned is that um, the key, one of the keys to overcoming rejection is that you always got to keep in mind that you're accepted by God. And if you really learn how to, how to operate in the love of God, um, you can overcome it even though it happens. Jesus was rejected. The Bible says he was despised and rejected of men, yet he never he never picked up a spirit of rejection because he knew the Father's love. So I think knowing the Father's love and being comfortable in the Father's love, uh, regardless of what people do, and walking in forgiveness and walking in love uh, gives you a great advantage. And some of the people that actually reject you end up coming later and apologizing, you know, saying, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. And, and that's why I say sometimes people do things, that, and if you're, you're not careful, you'll, you'll, you'll charge them personally. But Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Sometimes people don't even realize what they're doing. So you've got to walk in a level of maturity, a level of love, and a level of unforgiveness. Um, but I personally have overcome those rejections, and I just I walk in the Father's love and then learn how to accept yourself. And one of the demons we talk about in that book is the spirit of self-rejection. Often when you're rejected, you'll reject yourself because you think there's something wrong with you. And self-rejection is one of the worst things you can do. To hate yourself, self-hatred, self-rejection. When you don't love yourself and you don't accept yourself and you don't accept the way God created you, it is really tormenting. So if you can overcome those things and fear of rejection, you'll have some major breakthroughs in your life. So you said self-rejection, one of the worst spirits that you can be dealing with. Now, I know you said generally rejection is fixed through forgiving others. How do you, how, do you have to forgive yourself when it's self-rejection then? Who do you have to forgive in that instance? No, when it, when, when, no when, with self-rejection, you really have to find your identity in Christ. You have to know who, who you are in Christ, why God created you the way he did, what are your gifts, what is your purpose, and, and, and believe it and walk in it. Sometimes people don't even realize why they're on the earth, and, and they may, did God make a mistake? Am I a mistake? Um, why am I here? What is my purpose? So I think that learning your identity, um, loving yourself, it, you may have to forgive yourself in, in the sense that even, even your failures, your, your, your past failures, your past, past mistakes that you've made, you've got to learn how to receive forgiveness from God, walk in forgiveness, walk in cleansing, and realize that God accepts you. But you have to, uh, you have to accept yourself. You cannot hate yourself. You cannot hate, you cannot compare yourself with other people. Often people who have self-rejection look at someone else who's doing better, looks better, talks better, is more successful, and you compare yourself with other people, and then you feel like you're a failure. Uh, you cannot compare yourself. You're unique. You're special. You're, you're, very, um, you're different. God created you for a purpose. Uh, it's good to receive prophetic ministry, to know what God thinks about you. So that's a process of growing and maturing, and, but it's very important not to compare yourself with other people. We're all different, unique, and special to God. To turn it back a little bit to something you mentioned earlier, you said often people are defeated because they lack knowledge. If you could impart one word of knowledge to anyone who might be listening to how they can defeat these spirits of rejection or other things in their life, what would you, what would you tell them? I would tell them to get my book. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, you, I, I really believe that, that uh, study and reading, um, if you don't understand something, it's good to, to study, to read, to gain wisdom. Uh, and, but this is an area, especially the spirit realm, when it comes to some people don't want to deal with the knowledge of the spirit realm. God is a spirit, angels, angelic spirits, demon spirits. People are afraid of that realm. But you cannot, you cannot live your life ignorant of the spirit realm. So I would encourage people to not focus on the devil, not focus on demons, but you need to understand and not be ignorant of Satan's devices and need to know how the enemy operates. You, you have to know your enemy. If you're going to defeat your enemy, you've got to know him. And so I would encourage people to read good books on deliverance, spiritual warfare, uh, books about the spirit realm. Learn about the spirit realm. Don't be afraid of it. Study. Um, there's so much good material now on the subject. There's really no reason to be ignorant. I mean, we have the Internet. You can Google almost anything. It's, it's, it's good to get recommendations so you won't read something that's off or weird. But there's a lot of good material out there now. And this is how I learned. I learned by reading years ago good deliverance books, spiritual warfare books, and it really helped me to come into an understanding of deliverance and understanding of spiritual warfare. And, and through that, I was able to gain many victories. And I believe that is the key. Speaking of reading great books, if people want to check out your book, where can they find that? Where can they buy that? Well, you can order my book on Amazon. You can order it on ChristianBook.com. You can order it at my website, John Eckhart Ministries.com. Even Walmart uh, sells my book. So um, there's quite a number, Barnes & Noble. There's quite, most of your major outlets sell the book. Uh, just destroying the spirit of rejection. You can order it or just type my name in, books by John Eckhart. All my books will come up, and it's pretty easy to get, and um, you can have it in a, in a matter of days. You can even download the e-books, download it on Kindle, get it straight to your computer and start reading it right away. If you're in a real rush to get rid of that yeah. spirit of rejection in your life. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate talking with you and you sharing all your insight here. Would you mind closing us out in prayer? I would love to. Amen. Father, we thank you for everyone that is viewing and listening to this, um, this broadcast, Father. And Lord, those who've been touched and those who said, I need healing in that area, I pray that you'll bring uh, a restoration, that you'll restore the years that the locust, the canker worm, the palmer worm, the caterpillar, that you'll deliver them from the past, from things that have hurt, wounded, bruised, affected them, that they'll walk in their destiny, that they'll walk in their future, that they'll be delivered and set free, that you'll give them knowledge, understanding, and wisdom to know what to do and to receive healing. I, I pray for healing, breakthrough, deliverance, restoration, and peace, shalom, and favor to come. And I bless them, Father. And I thank you for doing miracles and great things in their life as they believe, as they hear your word, as they hear truth. Set them free, I pray, and bless their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The book is Destroying the Spirit of Rejection. You've been listening to Apostle John Eckhart on Charisma Connection here on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and thanks for joining us. Hi, everyone. This is Steve Green on the Charisma Podcast Network, and I want to speak to you on behalf of Evangel Christian Churches. And if you've ever had a desire to be trained, equipped, and credentialed as a chaplain, you may really want to listen to this message. It's probably now would be a great time to fulfill the call of God on your life. We're still early in the year. You can accomplish so much still in this year of 2016. Becoming a licensed minister will enable you to reach out at jail ministries, hospitals, nursing homes. Maybe you want to do street evangelism or teaching, traveling. 
going to across the world to minister. Women's Aglow would be good. Maybe even at anti-abortion facilities, counseling, traveling, whatever it is that you've got in your heart, there's no better place to be trained and equipped than Destiny School of Ministry Chaplaincy Training Institute. Let me say that again, the Destiny School of Ministry Chaplaincy Training Institute. They're going to offer you the opportunity to be trained and credentialed as a chaplain. It's always good to have official credentials. They have correspondence classes and extremely affordable tuition. They're licensed throughout the state of Michigan and fully accredited. You can call them now. They actually prefer you to call them. Their number is 586-773-6568. And one more time, 586-773-6568. The good thing about a podcast is you can back this up and listen to the phone number again. Their website is evangelchristianchurches.com. Check them out there or just call that number one more time, 586-773-6568 for the Chaplaincy Training Program. Get credentialed today. God bless you. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.